0: Listeners and welcome to Godja Brew, the podcast where two people talk about two of our favorite things in the world: the band Fish, to which you are listening to right now, and the libation beer. I am the Lizza. Godja has a new host. It is me, your tried and true the Lizza, and then J3PO. Say hello. Hi. Great. You have been a guest on the show many times. Oop! I just whistled there for a little bit. You've been a guest on the show many times, like four. Many times, I would say many. many you could, you many could say it's many. Say it. uh, now you've gotten the. You've been called up to active duty. <laughs> you are in the reserves. Now <laughs> the you're being called pigs. up. You are uh, going to be host, co-host status. Um. So let's. I. Right. I'm gonna. Okay. Welcome to you thank you for coming yes thank you for coming thank you for being our new host please give us i mean you we've talked about this before but again please give us just a little bit of your fish history and your beer history for us Uh, so we know how vetted you are and how awesome you are as a somebody who should be doing this all right stop (laughs) it uh
1: I, i got into fish late 92 early 93 i finally got to see them in the fall of 94 and uh, it was a seminal sort of moment in my life, actually seeing them play. How old were
0: you in 1994? 16? Great. Teens, yes. Continue.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was like 10th grade probably or something. Um, and uh, ever since then, I had a bug up my ass that I just felt like if fish were playing and I wasn't there, I was missing something. It's a feeling that a lot of, I think, fish heads could identify with. Um, and uh also over the years beer became a big thing in my life I'm a founder of a burgeoning brewing company simple Um, I've been a home brewer avidly since 2009 but dabbled a bit before that Um, it's probably my favorite beverage
0: (laughs) so you've been into both of these subject topics for 10 plus years
1: Easily. I <laughs> mean, gives fish, you, my, fish, gives my first you, fish show was 26 yeah, years ago. Right,
0: right it, which whatever. gives you more than enough cred to talk about both these topics. Yes. Uh, episode 43 is our episode today. We're actually going to be talking about the latest Dinner in a Movie, which I think has been... I think it was... You and I had like such a uh, happy and excited anticipation for it. Uh, 7 ninety four when they do set one, all of Game Inch, with narration. Uh, there's been a lot of great dinner movies, don't get me wrong. Love that they're doing this, love the series. Uh, but this was very anticipated, and it, it 100% delivered. Uh, I was the most excited to see this, and I, it was still, it as I said, delivered. Uh, made me very excited to see all of it. Um, so besides this, we're also going to be just doing a little chit chat about uh, Lonely Trip, Trey's new album that he just released. But let's dive right into Dinner and a Movie, 7894. Highlights of this show for you. Well,
1: the highlight of it for me is that um, I have long been familiar with this show for several reasons. The stash is on a live one. Right. Um, It is the last time they played the "Quote unquote" full narration of Gamehenge. Um, before I could get, I had a before I had a network of friends that I could get tapes and trade tapes with um, to get live fish stuff. Sometimes you would go to these. I grew up in Gainesville, Florida. It's a college town. Go Gators! Um, and there was like a record store called School Kids. There's another one called Hide and Zeke, and uh, they were all downtown. And they would. The reason I knew about these is because I was into hip hop at the time, and they would just—they didn't give a shit if something had a, you know, explicit lyrics, parental advisory sticker. They sure, sure, sure they'd sure, sell sure, it to sure. you anyway. So these Versus record going stores like, were like Kmart, yeah, yeah yeah yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. you're pairing around, or I need sure. to see some ID to buy this, sure, which is sure. stupid. For right. a, so it's like, you know, it's like I wanted the new Ice Cube and <laughs> like or whatever, and <laughs> it, there's a shitload of motherfuckers and all that. So these <laughs> independent record stores would sell you anything, and they had an import section, and I. Got on to the fact that, uh, like, soon after I found out there'd be these record stores, and I was, like, going to the record store and shit as a kid, you know. These imports, they would have, like, back then, you couldn't just burn a CD. And so a lot of, some people were burning CDs and making fake labels and calling them imports, and they would be fish bootlegs. So one of them was this particular show, 7894. It's how I realized Gamehenge was more than just the Colonel Forbins and the Iculus song. Like, I thought it was like a two song thing. I didn't realize that, like, ACDC Bag and Lizards and all these other songs had to do with it. And there was this bigger, fuller thing. And so it was like, I almost felt like a fish, like archaeologist back then. Like, I uncovered a piece of this, like, puzzle. And it's like the second half of Gamehenge and part of the second set. And then some other show from Nectar's in the 80s. We're all on this imported CD. And that's how I was introduced to, like, the bigger theme of Gamehenge. So when. The announcement came out that they were going to be actually showing the show in remastered high definition, like you know. And whatever. that's the key. That's the key. Like you the, gotta have it like really good. good yeah. I've only from heard crappy yeah. audience tapes of this show before.
0: Okay, um, so again, there's even reason for people like you to have anticipated how awesome this was going to be. Yeah. Someone who have, have heard, has heard the tapes, heard it known what this was gonna be i'm completely Still, familiar with this show right right okay
1: good. and it, when okay. i read it was that show like the hairs like stood up on the back <laughs> of my i was just like oh my god i'm so fucking excited for yeah. this you know yeah
0: that's amazing okay so let's also preface you have in your notes i saw that you sent me uh they've only played game five times is that correct I counted five shows you had on it your, is, on, it on is, your it list. Is,
1: it is correct. Well, up, up until now. The quote-unquote full narration. Now, there's a caveat to one of them. but Okay, so there's a Nectars, That's right. 31288. Yes. Um, there's Crest Theater, I think San Diego, which is 32293. There are two in the summer of 94. There's the famous Game Hoist show where right. the first set is Game Henge, second set is Hoist. That's in Charleston, West Virginia. I believe the reason they played Game Henge there is because it was undersold, and so the audience was quiet, and they thought, well, they could probably hear the narration. And then they they also said about this show. I've read an interview with Trey years ago where he said the weirdest thing we thought we could do was would to be play our new album like as it <laughs> as it is on it because we would never do that. Sure. So they play Hoist, hoist from start to, to finish, yep. which yep. is. For fish, like, a really, really weird thing to do. Uh, and, and so I think this is a better version of Gamehenge. I like the way they intro into it with the nitrous oxide and all that stuff. But so then there's this version, 7894. Now, the outlier is there's 101391 uh, from a bar called the Surf Club in Olympia, Washington. This is the full narration, but it does it's out of order when you listen to it, and it doesn't have the lizards. I want to oh, say. Oh,
0: that's like a huge
1: like. Well, yeah. But it, it. So, and I think they start kind of with the Colonel Forbins and then okay, backtrack so really, and then go so forward. So really
0: then what you're saying is like in linear, perfect time, they played this four
1: times. They played game at yeah, four times. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Which yes. is fucking nuts. Okay. But <laughs> if you, I mean, if you take away like Forbin's Mockingbird, if you look at any, every other show from like 1992, especially when they're going on to the West Coast, they would do a variation of Forbin's Mockingbird. Got would it. do that often, and got a lot it, of harpuas, which eventually became part of the gamehenge narration, even though it wasn't originally. So you got a lot of narrations, but never this full suite of songs. There you go. I so I I don't know why
0: I thought the Jump truck set was. Gamehenge as well, but I guess we can kind of it's get into really that later. Yeah, a bunch we, of we old can get songs into that later. So for me, a highlight of this show was Divided Sky. Just yeah. straight up, 100%. I listened to this start to finish. I listened to whole set one, all of Gamehenge. I listened to all of set two. Uh, again, I think Gamehenge, uh, Flawless set two is just as good. I would have been happy just to see that without seeing Gamehenge, uh, but Divided Sky for me <laughs> was a moment—a moment where I just sat up and was like, "Okay, this is totally fucking cool." Because I've heard this song a million times, and but not like this, right? For the first <laughs> time, I'm I'm realizing this sounds fucking intense as fuck and great and amazing to me. So like this was in my m- brain like where it's like footnote star asterisks. Like you need to remember this divided sky as like a notable sky. It's a sky. big one.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's one that people talked about even before this dinner in a movie, obviously. Um, 94 is a really good year for divided sky. Um, it's, they had so much less songs. Like when they play divided sky now, watch how they play it It's so much more tentative and slower. And when they get to the, sort of guitar jam solo section at the end it's just very mellow and it's cool it's still cool but this is like they attack this song with like veracity at this point in time and there's um this isn't the only version that lives up to this level because there's a couple other but like especially um there's a really well-known single camera recording from October 31st, 1994, you know, that first Halloween show. And there's a Divided Sky in that first set where he's just zooming in on Trey during the guitar solo. (laughs) And it's also equally as, like, just incredible, like, just guitar sort of pyrotechnics where it's just, Jesus Christ, how fast can this guy actually go and stuff? And how high can they build it? And just when you think they can't build it anymore, there's one higher note and, like, everyone's going nuts. And so... It is a seminal version. Um, I mean, I've thought a lot about like why the end section is so uplifting, like the the way the chord structure works. That's the other cool thing about this is it's never a type two jam where they're actually jamming. They always stay to the chord. So it's the really primaries of the song. about the That's tension right. and release and build, build, build. Right. And 94, there. I mean, 94, 95, there's no better year for that. Like the tension and release, jam, build. Sure, They weren't messing around with the funk yet. Yeah, sure.
0: Cool. There's just the pace.
1: I mean, God. Yeah.
0: Awesome. So let's do, I have a little, a little blurb on rigs. And to be honest, I wanted you to talk about Mike and I wanted to talk about page. Okay. And I did a little bit of research this afternoon. It just was, uh, so daunting to me. And I, maybe you can be the person that tells me why I was so enamored with page during this show, because I look for his rig. I look for changes in history over the years. I look for a ton of shit I'm not a musician, so all of these things uh, just make me say I don't get this and want to tune off. Um, So let's first go to Mike, because I remember saying, uh, this is really awesome. I want to know why, like, technically, this is awesome. And you had made a little note when we were watching the show together virtually about Mike playing a modulated bass.
1: Modulus. The modulus. Modulus. Yes. So the modulus. (laughs) It wasn't
0: really a thing. At the okay. time, yeah, yeah.
1: So let's talk a little bit about that. Okay, so normally, until the summer of '97 American tour, Mike played, um, from like '90 90, 90 on or something. Um, he played a custom Languedoc bass. It's a five string bass. He always played it. He always had it. It wasn't until summer American tour, summer '97, that he switched to the Modulus graphite bass. Which is the Modulus is a brand um, that was, I think they're from the West Coast, but uh, it's very championed by Phil Lesh. Phil right. Lesh was one of the first kind of big famous bass players. You could see playing the Modulus. Their basses are made out of graphite. They're lighter. They have an even tone. They're just they're just really excellent, right? Great. <laughs> um, and what Mike was saying is when he switched to the Modulus, he was saying that like the the it's like the lows. And the highs might be better on the Languedoc, but like the it's just so much more balanced with the modulus. He also started using a pick when he switched to the modulus. The reason I was so confused about all of this is because if you watch the simulcast, well, I don't even know what you call it. Uh, If you watch the dinner in a movie, because it's still online, if you watch the archive, uh, like whatever, um, Mike's, I didn't notice this at first. I just noticed that, like, at some point, like, towards the end of Lizards, I was like, why the hell is Mike playing a modulus bass in 1994? Right. Like, what happened here? So and
0: years I, before yeah. he actually switched yeah, over yeah, to yeah. using it. Yeah, yeah, like, three it. years yes. before he Correct. actually
1: started using Correct. it. And, and, like, so it's like, what the hell? Well, so during <laughs> Lizards, you can actually see, when I rewatched it, his bass goes out, and he's just like, hey, signals to, like, you know, the monitor guy or whoever, his bass tech, like, offstage, like, No sound is coming out, so all of a sudden, like the camera switches back to Trey, so you don't see the handoff. But like, obviously, he gives his Languedoc bass. They give him the modulus, and he starts playing that. He finishes the set with it. As soon as the second set starts, he's back on the Languedoc. So it was just something went wrong, like a pickup went out, yeah, or whatever. It was a equipment thing. And like, and here I'm thinking, like, this whole like, do I not know fish history right? And was he really using a modulus before? Like, what was the reason? Like. You know, so or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and even some people on the internet were like, well, you know, if it's an outdoor show, the modulus would probably be better. <laughs> and it's like, "But well, that doesn't explain why you used it one set to the other, or just, you know. Uh, so that part of it was cool for me also if you notice back then uh mike gordon never used a pick everything is slapping in with right. his fingers i, I actually and he, did notice that. he now uses a pick almost a hundred percent of the time except for when he's And then he's slapping. Hides it in his hand that's right yeah, yeah. yeah he'll hold right. it between his pinky and yeah. his palm and then flick it through his other fingers back after he's done slapping it's a really slick move yeah, that he does sick. now yeah it's um, really cool and and uh, i mean talking about mike the Probably the most improved player in fish from 1994 to 1997 or eight is Mike Gordon. Huh. His bass gets so much funkier and so huh. cooler, so much more poignant. Like, like it's awesome. Uh, that's a is, whole is, other. Is there conversation any reason
0: here. why I was particularly drawn to Page and Page's playing, other than maybe he was just doing it really fast and really sharp?
1: He's young, he's more aggressive. It's a lot more Is piano. Is there something
0: distinctive? Okay, about uh, 94 There's just there's like... Well, there's
1: less keyboards in general. Sure. Um, and he was more of a rhythm player altogether. Like, Paige didn't lead as much jams, like, I think as any of them would have liked. And that's why they started doing the thing, like, giving Trey a drum kit or whatever to, like let's take the emphasis away from my guitar ultimately he learned just how to play really cool rhythm guitar which was the real solution huh. but I think it took him a while to get there huh. uh but in this particular show I think Paige is just really hot this whole like sometimes people have the hot hand you know yeah it, like I, Paige yeah. is particularly good yeah. in this show but like not for any
0: rig reasons.
1: no not right. at all anything I think... distinctive okay yeah I think he's just feeling it okay
0: as they all were I think I <laughs> Just remember several points like looking at Trey during this show and seeing him like bop back and forth and being what with just his like, floppy hair. You're, and he's you're moving <laughs> and doing how I feel inside. Yeah. And it was just like such a linked up thing. Uh let's jump into Wilson. Because I remember we had some uh little back and forth about them playing Wilson here. Yeah. Uh <laughs> so i I remember making a note specifically saying there was no chant in this, in this. There is not. Uh, ish. So there's kind of, you ish. can kind of, so hear it, yeah. I made that, I sent that text to you. We had this whole back and forth and then I had to like kind of eat my words and stick my foot in my mouth because it actually does kind of call me in a little bit later. The
1: second time around you can hear it a little bit.
0: Yes. And I went back into my own notes and I don't remember where I read this. I I really don't remember where I read this, but I remember like in fish history, someone being able to track like the origins of the Wilson and the show it started at. And it was supposed to be at the fucking beacon theater So that, at, at, right. So that show was four fifteen ninety four, which means that would have come prior to this show. Yes. That we heard dinner in a movie. Yes. So the chance, really, it should have been a post when the chance were there. And they kind of, kind of are there. Kind of.
1: Yeah. First things first <laughs> is in the actual Game Hinge narration, notice how they double up on the donut. Da-dun, da-dun, da-dun. for the narration so it's like and there was Colonel forbin walking with Rutherford and he's telling him about this guy named Wilson and blah 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 sure but um but um but um but um you can't chant Wilson between when those he's two talking ba- yeah, yeah 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 when he says, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. so right. it's faster right now in those beacon shows they do but um, but um like it's normally and you don't hear anything. And it <laughs> takes a long time yeah, for it yeah, to catch yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Longer than even the real culmination of the Wilson chant, I think a lot of people will point to December 30th, 1994, their huh. first MSG show oh. the night before New Year's, which was in Boston that year. So it was MSG the 30th and the 31st was actually at the Boston Guard. It was before they did their four-night runs and stuff. But uh, you Opening. can hear it. Excuse me. <clears throat> You can hear the Wilson chant as early as the spring of 94 at those Beacon Theater shows, but it takes way longer for it to catch on.
2: This is the intro to Wilson from
1: 1230-94. This is disc two of
2: arriving for those Wait how long it takes. Oh, no. That was almost instantly, you see. I would say that's almost instantly.
0: This is 94 show we just said, which is a whole, like, didn't, to the very end of the song. Yeah, so i doing it. Oh, this is months later. This is six right.
2: months later.
0: But also... Oh, so you're saying this you is really that, when you like can the, make the argument for that starting. It really starting. being a thing. Correct. Okay, cool. Still 94. Like, it, it
1: was happening before, but, like, way less enthusiastically and also <laughs> so December 94 in the specific, of yeah, in the yeah. specific case of 7-8 they're playing the da-dun's too fast because it's set for the narration speed so sure you, it's like da-dun sure da-dun dun when are you supposed to say Wilson like you know right right uh, yeah okay and also in okay. the 12-30 <laughs> video if you see video of that show because there is circulated video yeah you see Trey like egging on the crowd wanting them to duh-dun, do it dun, yeah yeah
0: Okay. Okay. And he's like pumping his fists and like okay. waving it and like okay. mouthing Wilson, okay. you
1: know. And so, so it took
0: almost a year, but for it to like become a fucking thing, it yeah, wasn't yeah. 30
1: seconds anymore. As soon as you hear dead da dead da, everyone goes yeah. Next, we're next. Son. Yeah. Like, it's
0: that's like right. boom. It's like okay. Everybody's cool. Mouthing. See, that's fun and cool. I'm glad to kind of trace like the evolution of that because when I saw this show, when I saw dinner in a movie and I saw them playing this song, I was just like so. Uh, I wasn't not I was not prepared for them not to be doing right, the Wilson. Right. So I was just like happen, now yeah. I need to go back and track this and see really when I can expect now to see it as a thing when I'm watching this stuff, because I was fully prepared for everyone to be doing it.
1: And right. it was 95 just and there. on. It's definitely okay. a thing. Cool. Done. Before that, it's touch and go before 94. It doesn't even exist. Which
0: is fucking madness to me, but that's cool and I love it. And this is the best fucking, uh, basic archives show I've ever seen. I would say this has been the highlight for me so far. This this entire show. I, loved, <laughs> so, I, I just
1: I loved seven twenty one ninety seven because I was there. That was like my eighth FISH show. Okay. Um, but you this get is cooler. Dispensation. For, this is for cooler being there. in some ways than, than that, though. Okay,
0: uh, so let's talk a little bit about the technicality of nineteen ninety four. When we were watching this together and texting each other, uh, you were saying that everything is ultra tight and very flawless. And I think that is part of it. And that's the energy and what makes this so unique besides the song selection. Uh, and then we were talking a little bit about Mockingbird being one of like the hardest technical songs to play in the canon. It's got to be. And they did like basically everything uh, perfect. (laughs) Yes. Song. (laughs) That song
1: has a lot of moving chordal arpeggios with sliding finger movements that like require you to use all four of your fingers. The technicality is hard. It's a very hard. It's a. It's like dexterity required uh, is a lot, and so. I mean, how many mockingbirds do you think you have seen?
0: Not many. And I can't remember any that were that good.
1: Like that they played correctly. Like, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> let's even go there. That's being, yeah, a little negative. But yes. Well, it even, is. He even played it right <laughs> and then well. So yeah, it was right and also well. And like that's the only one that I can think of.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's just, so in 1994... Like as some people say, it's the uh, it's the year fish become fish. David Steinberg, um, or sure. whatever. He has got that whole book, um, and it's great. <laughs> it's it's great. so good. I loved reading it. Um, it's just a great like wh- a travel right, like, so, essay so, so about the, following no, fish. No, and in the, so but then <laughs> there's also
0: like like you're saying like a reason why that book he decided to write that book about that year. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's something special about, like you're saying, like,
1: the... They were how just they getting became... better. Like, if you look at 1994 as yeah. the year... Like, yes. Like, uh, going into the fall of 1994 and what they did at, like, you know, um, Glen Falls and Halloween, like, the first Halloween show... But, like, the start of 94, they're still playing a lot of clubs and theaters. By the end of 94, they've sold out Madison Square Gardens and the right. Boston Garden. That's so right. it's like a watershed year with probably the most performances, and they're just so goddamn dialed in to what they're doing. They're not doing as much as they do now. They don't have the textures, the sound textures, and the group jamming sort of, but, like, the accuracy, which, which they play every song, the dynamics that they have, and just... Like, like Trey Anastasio was a, just a fucking guitar pyrotechnic god at this time. Like, it's just it, like it's so fast and like building and like just it's about energy and dancing. It still has the free spirit of the music that, you know, and love. But it's just I don't know. It's it's on a different level. There are certain songs that will never be the same again. Like listen to a Julius from last year and listen to this Julius <laughs> from sure. seven, 8, Sure, sure, And that'll tell sure. you something about the energy. Like, it's not just a kind of a boring blues guitar solo. It's like a blistering, mind-bending, like, fuck of a thing. Like, it's crazy.
0: (laughs) So, speaking about how Awesome 94 was and them playing Gamehenge in set one, we had this discussion, again, earlier, but I would like to rehash it. Do you think they have another Gamehenge in them? No. Elaborate and or explain why well, you can't. You said that so quick and so fast. Go. They don't care,
1: <laughs> and they're about doing new stuff. Like I'm, I hope they have. So another... you,
0: so there's no part of you that hopes that they're going to do this again.
1: Nah, I don't care. Huh? Would they do it that cool? Do you hear what ACDC bag sounds like in 1994 <laughs> compared to now? Would they make it through the Mockingbird? Uh, like there's so just a lot So of your shit. point like, is actually <laughs>
0: even more interesting because also, it's not would, that you don't think that they would do it. It's that if they would do it, they wouldn't do it as well. So you actually don't want to I see think, them do I it think again. both.
1: <laughs> I also think like huh. the few shows that I've been to where I've gotten big narrations, like, uh, you know, Halloween 96 or whatever, where the, you know, the mountain turns into Iculus, but then it turns into David Byrne and the it's the evil Halloween spirit, Mockingbird. Like, just riffs on the general theme and a couple of harpuas. The thing that sucks about fans now is, like, if Trey started narrating, they'd be yelling the whole time and you wouldn't be able to hear what was going on. The maybe, Baker's Dozen might maybe. be an exception to the rule with the Jimmies, the donut in the uh, thing in the harpua. People were pretty quiet for that, I felt See, like. See,
0: and I bet before they played Gamehenge, you would have bet that they would have never done something like that. What do you mean? What they did played 13 nights without a song repeating like you you wouldn't have like bet that they could have or would have done something like that
1: i wouldn't have but as soon as they said we're doing the baker's dozen <laughs> i did say <laughs> i don't think they're gonna repeat a song or they wouldn't be doing this that's and, true and everyone that's was true. like you're crazy no nope, that's I was
0: true like, <laughs> and you're right and that was the coolest little like surprise part of that is just the fact that they had chosen to do it yeah and take on something of that uh, size and I magnitude. We were going to talk, talk,
1: yeah, we talk about the Baker's Dozen on a foregone episode, but basically in a nutshell, yes, that was the huge, one of the hugest feats they've ever done. I don't think it's the coolest thing they've ever done. And it, it was more about it at the time that I don't like re-listening to it as much as other stuff. Sure. And
0: we, and <laughs> it's because, I think what you had mentioned is pertinent and kind of worth mentioning is that part of that run was the energy and the excitement and the anticipation and like literally living uh, in that moment and in that time and in that unpredicted and unprecedented thing
1: what's the donut going to be? Right. Which means what right, are the songs? Right. 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 And, be... and
0: I am inclined to agree with you because all of the Baker's dozen shows that they have picked to go back and re simulcast have not like, I don't want to say like fallen flat. Cause that's kind of fucked, but it, it, They've made me be like, wow, I remember that being a little bit more like...
1: This was cooler in yeah, real time. <laughs> like, like yeah, like I was
0: more uh, jazzed up and excited yeah. and buzzed and, and uh, kind of before it and after it and everything was circulating around it. So not that like revisiting it was not fun, but it it, like you said, drew attention to the fact that the reason why it was special was because of the place
1: and the time. That it was happening. Doing and people realizing in real time, like going into that last weekend, especially, people were like, holy fuck.
0: Which was all sold out. Do you remember that? So yes. the shows were not sold out until it was building, 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 the building, building. Were, the
1: weekdays building were not sold out the first weekend was sold out
3: <laughs> but then it
0: built but, yeah. to that those
1: last, shows being one totally and completely, the hardest tickets to get. completely
0: yeah. sold out yeah. that's right that's that last
1: it. weekend especially yeah. the sunday and saturday those were the hardest fish tickets because
0: again get. it was something that nobody knew what to expect at all and then when these kind of cool fun covers and and themes exactly, and like donut yeah. nights started coming out people were just like oh fuck like i want to be a part of this because this is like cool and unique and very singular to this point in time that we're doing this yes. we're gonna have fun with this right now it was important to be there If you could be there
1: okay so to bring this <laughs> back onto the rails do it baker's dozen <laughs> is about the experience and not the re-listen whereas something like 7894 is really awesome on re-listen
0: sure great i agree with you 100 (laughs) percent no thank you i appreciate that let's jump into my next segment i have a couple more segments here running short on time so you gotta hurry a little bit but i do want to do your like during history at this time thing because i love that so let me first do the ask an expert part of this okay that's my new segment ask an expert you're my expert uh can we just talk a tiny bit i'll give you like a minute about like the arrow Versus the point of the arrow when Mm. you're looking back at set Yes. Because in particular, set two of this, they were playing You Enjoy Myself. And then they went into Frankenstein. And then they went back into You Enjoy Myself. So I just want to distinguish a little bit for people like me who kind of know a little bit about this. But the arrow versus the full arrow with the line.
1: go Arrow with the line versus (laughs) the sideways triangle. That's right. right.
0: That's right. So go. Yes, please.
1: (laughs) The sideways triangle means... You started playing a song as soon as the other song ended, meaning like Trey didn't walk over to So without,
0: without pause, yeah. the, just the arrow, just the tip of the arrow, the mm-hmm. point of the arrow means there was no break in between from one song to the other yep. song. So
1: it's like end chord, boom, and then Trey's like... <laughs> like they just knew what was going to happen. No talk, no
2: pause.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. But see, since they don't make set lists, it'll happen when someone is like, ooh. That song's over. I have an intro. I can play boomer into it. Whereas, okay, with the line and the arrow. The full arrow. Yes. What does that mean? That means that it's an actual jammed segue into another song.
0: Okay. Not the end. Yes. The
1: jam goes into. The jam is so like, fucking cool. They so go like, into the song
0: from the yeah, jam.
1: Yeah. Cross eyed and painless into. Sneaking Sally. Let's just say, sure. Cross-eyed and Painless sure. never ends. So Cross-eyed and Painless could also have an asterisk that says unfinished. Unfinished. That's right. And so That's it So then right. you get the arrow, okay. the full arrow. It's just a full segue versus a uh, we started a song right. It, 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 those like not full arrow, but just the triangle. Those happen a lot in first sets where it's like, okay, boom, my friend, my friend is over and Trey's all of a sudden like, and they're in uh, Be My Nelly Kane or whatever it is. Like boom. Right into it, and I but find it's not a segue.
0: in second sets usually it's arrow, 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 arrow. In a second set, you can expect there. There have been shows I've been to where they've all oh, the whole second set has been no pauses. Yes, so it's arrow, 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 triangle, triangle, triangle. Yeah, Sideway triangle, is triangle. Tr- that's but, right. That's right. But that's But not right.
1: with the line. That's right. So, <laughs> so, and also if you if you want to take just specifically this, you enjoy myself that you're talking about. Yeah, it's yeah, you yeah, enjoy myself, frankison. full arrow. With the line into uh Frankenstein. Frankenstein that's And then right. it's just arrow without line back into you enjoy myself to me. Because No, that's correct. That is the way it is listened. That's the way it's And then it Trey's all of a sudden it's like and like everyone just immediately knows he's playing the G minor into... And then boom, they're all back that's into it. So right. it's okay. not a direct segue back in, but that's it was right. a direct segue into the song. That's right. So this is actually a really great example of how to use <laughs> The line, and <laughs> the line okay and
0: you step to the line hey this is the thing that i think you need to have this conversation <laughs> with an expert so this is part of my segment ask an expert you cleared it up a little bit i think i'm still kind of foggy on it but now i know what to look for if <laughs>
1: It's for musical reasons that they move <laughs> to a new song. Yes. It's the line and the arrow. That's if right. If the song is over and they just started another song really quickly. Just the just, triangle. It's just the triangle. That's right. Okay. So you cleared it up. Fantastic.
0: Let's do what was happening during this time. Okay. so in I love this.
1: I love this game. This is one of my favorite games to play. Yeah. It's and important. And I did it, you know, even when... Um, I was in the band with the kid. We would talk about what songs do we want to cover? It's like, well, what day is our gig? Yeah. Let me look up what what was happening on on this day. Yeah, that's right. What's funny is, um, so I have some notes here. Um, (laughs) July 8th, 1994. Um, The number two song on the Billboard charts was regulators by Warren G and Nate dogg
0: yeah that's nuts okay
1: <laughs> which I gives thought you was an such idea of what's cool happening yeah, uh, yeah true lies was a really big box office movie at the time love that movie the OJ Simpson trial had just started like the Ford <laughs> Bronco was like you know the in June and there's even a fish show that where they reference and they they have a go OJ jam because earlier that day the Ford <laughs> Bronco thing had started that's another part of a chapter in David Steinberg's book um this has all been wonderful by David Steinberg, a.k.a. Zizek's. Uh I don't know why we keep plugging his book, but it's really good. Um, and then uh, the biggest thing that happened is um, um, <laughs> Kim Sung <gasps> the Second died and Kim Jong-il took power in North Korea. On this day? On July 8th, <laughs> oh, <laughs> 1994. Boy. So, like, Holy hell yeah, Kim Jong il, who's now RIP, and um, who's. Uh, I can't even keep track anymore. <laughs> Un. Un is now, yeah. Un. They all have the same haircut for like four <laughs> generations, too. But that's, I feel like that's pretty significant uh, history. But I, more so than the political stuff, I, I just like to see, like, what was going on on the radio at this time? Like, sure. Because I was listening to Fish at this time already. Right. But I had. I wouldn't see them until October, like of that year. But right. I don't know. So that is—it's uh, kind of where we are at in the su- the summer of '94. Is an interesting time.
0: Yeah, interesting for a lot of reasons. <laughs> what was happening in history, as you noted, and because of this amazing show that we got to hear them play with set one, gamehenge, and narration. Um. I think we need to take a little break. If you have anything else you'd like to input into this section, let me know. But we're about to go into a nice little break from fish into our next segment. We got a little divided sky coming at you from this show. Oh, we didn't even talk about Lonely Trip. No. Should we save it? Should we talk a little bit about it? We're at 38 minutes. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about it. Okay. Let's do it. We're we're we uh, we're talking about what's happening at place and time, <laughs> and this is what's happening at our place and time. Yeah, so I feel okay. like we should be talking a little bit about how Trey just released his own solo album. Only I trip. think
1: it's good. I don't think it's great. Um, <laughs> I think it's I think there's some really strong songs. My favorite part about this album is that the Fishman aspect of it. Like, there are certain songs where you can tell Fishman is playing drums. And I thought, wow, that's weird. Did Trey, like, send, uh, like, a, you know, recording file up to Fishman in Maine and then he sent it back and then they, like, patched it all together? No. No. The coolest thing about this <laughs> record is that... Uh, he went
0: back and was listening to things that Fishman had already recorded. That's yeah, right.
1: so Trey has, like, a, a library of, like, hours of just Fishman playing different beats that yeah. Trey transcribed to him. Uh, via recording by, like, by mouth. So he'd be like, check out this beat. Yeah, right. And then right. Fishman would play it, do variations right. on it, and blah, blah, blah. And so he's got like four minutes of Fishman playing like 50 to 60 different drum beats. And so that's how a lot of these songs were written, which is impressive. What I didn't know is that like going backwards in time, that's how they've written a lot of their new material recently. A lot of the Casvote Vox stuff was written starting with drum beat. And then Mike puts bass line, and then they like all put words together. So that part is really cool. Um, that's my favorite part about this album. I can get um, bored of just Trey with an acoustic guitar singing because it reminds me of Trey with an acoustic guitar singing. Whereas <laughs> some of the other oh, songs sorry. gave me really cool vibes from other artists. Uh, like I think the record starts out really strong the first 3 tracks especially that first one outstretched hand uh yes. i can really hear tom petty singing those verses like it reminded me of tom petty there's another riff the third song in that reminds me of soundgarden like post super unknown um in a cool way and a lot of it just just felt like very 90s to me and i was like why is that well i did some research the guy that mixed this record is Bryce Goggin. Yes. Now, Bryce Goggin's first Trey's very
0: close friend.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, his first big gig was he mixed Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain by Pavement. Right. uh, (laughs) Which is a huge deal. That's a seminal, like, indie 90s record and also was a huge influence on Trey. I mean, Fish even covered Gold Sounds in the summer of 99, which is a Pavement song, which they never did again, but, like, they actually do it pretty good, um, in my opinion. But, uh, like, So this all makes sense, like the way that it it, it sounds 90s, uh, the lo-fi aspect of it because he didn't have much equipment and like the looping Fishman beats. I think like he made the most out of what he had and I find it impressive. I think there's some songs I don't really care for, but there's four or five tunes that I think I would be really stoked to hear Fish play at a show.
0: Okay, so I agree with you 100% on the album. I think it is perfect for its place and time and what is happening. Like you're saying, super lo-fi, kind of working with what he had, kind of his feelings of isolation and loneliness. All of it is perfect for the times that we are living in. As you said, you can't wait to see what Fish does. Does Trey's soul albums mean it is on the table for tap? Probably or is Trey solo a completely different thing from Tab? Can we expect him to see? Can we expect to see these songs in Tab, and can we expect to see these songs in Fish coming when live music becomes a thing again?
1: Sure, that's an interesting question, and I think both. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think there's certain songs I- that might lend themselves to Tab better, um, but there, I, like. Some of the rockers with the Fishman beats, I think you're going to see with Fish first. Cool. Okay. I actually, you know, I thought that Tab would take up more of the Ghosts of the Forest shit than Fish did. But that yeah. is not the case at no. all. Um yeah. So I don't know It's interesting I don't know how He in his mind is like This could be cool for Tab Or like right. What about How this he fish divides song? It. Like yeah, yeah Like how does that work in his head Or does he just get a bug up his ass and It's like Oh it'd be cool if we did this Or a lot of times When I hear people Like the collective band Of fish talking It's like they don't remember shit and then somebody will be like hey remember when you guys used to play like shaggy dog or or uh, skin it back and they'll be like oh god yeah we did used to do that and then i'll just put a seed in someone's head and then like five days later they'll be like you guys want to try skin it back tonight or something and yes. i think that's the way trey totally the, the works. inception actually, of the idea one of the yeah. things i was gonna reference about uh you know the 94 show is um there's this great interview uh, with him with a guy named steve silberman um and it's just before these Greatwood shows or like at some point in early 94 and Trey is, at, he's, he's talking about, it. he's like, so how do you make set lists? Like if you know, it's supposed to be a big show, like it's the end of the tour and all sure. your friends are going to be there. Sure. Like, what do you do? And he's like, actually, yeah, you know, Trey, uh, saying like, that's all me. Like I'm usually the guy that makes the set list, but you know what I really like is night twos. Cause after night one, <laughs> Like, I'm walking around, like, you just mentioned San Diego, he says. And he's like, after San Diego night one, I'm walking around and people are like, you didn't play this, or like, I haven't played that in a while, or like, what what about that song? And right. it's like, that right. informed my whole opinion about the next night. And then I was, I thought we were able to really blow people away the next night, but it was all based on suggestions. So it's like, I'm talking to our booking agent now, and we want to do a lot of two nighters. We want to kind of mostly do two nighters. Right. And what is really funny is, now when you go see fish it's three or four night stands that they sure. like to do sure and of course they never repeat a song um so that's just that's just kind of cool fodder for all of this uh, it's just him being excited like "Well, yeah now i just i gotta do two-nighters because like then we can party after the first night and like ask <laughs> right. people like what did you right hear? like you know right. whatever uh right. and so that to me was really cool yeah um but yeah this new record, i
0: think that kind of holds true for this 94 show Definitely. For a dinner in a movie. If you look at night two, it's
1: fucking pretty goddamn good, too. Yeah, yeah, and it's totally (laughs) different. There's no other thing open with Runaway Jim. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's a sick antelope at the end of the first set. I mean, it's peak 94. The funny thing about this dinner in a movie is if you want to rank 94 shows, there's probably like 30 shows that are better than this one. And we're still drooling over this. Like, it's not even their best shit from the year.
0: Woo. That's crazy that you just said that to me. Now I want to just go like listen to everything from 94. November of 94
1: <laughs> is an exceptionally strong month.
0: Yeah. God damn it. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break right 15 now. 15 minute break. We are. We're going to go into uh, Divided Sky, which is the last song they play from uh, set one of 7, 8, It ends the Game Hinge set. And I can't point to for me personally being i guess a young fish fan i can't point to another point in like their musical history where i was so uh enamored and just like this made me stand up this moment hearing this song and it made me just so happy that i love this band (laughs) and it reminded me of why they're so special so going into divided sky for our (laughs) our our break he's finishing the narration and making everybody so happy and everybody gets so happy Um, please hang out stick with us we'll be back in 15 minutes I'm Melissa
1: I'm J3PO
0: boom we'll be back in 15 minutes thank you
3: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Welcome back, listeners, to God Jabrew. I am the Lizza.
1: And I'm J3PO. Boom.
0: And that was Divided Sky from 7894. Such a good fucking tune. Um, but we're headed into the beer segment of this <laughs> show right now. Uh, and I thought it would be kind of fun because uh, J3PO, you are such a long, standing fish fan to kind of talk about the evolution of beer in the lots
1: i love this subject (laughs) (laughs) me too because i
0: actually think it's really interesting and really poignant especially as we're going to carry out kind of like our theme of like being present in the time that things were happening like i love to like put yourself back in that place in that time and kind of see the evolution of things so let's talk about lot beers
1: (laughs) all right (laughs) I like this too because uh, also it's like this is a more fun sort of way to talk about beer without being like, well, it was double fermented, like blah, blah, blah. Sure, like sure, sure. of like whatever. Right, um, right, Which right. I love talking about all of that <laughs> bullshit too. But um, like so I, I – part of the mm. reason I got into beer, and this is a little bit later, huh. um, but part of the reason I got into beer was because of like the fish lot and the fish scene and a couple of other, you know – close friends but like I didn't really drink beer at Fish until like 1999 honestly Um, but I was cognizant of what was going on at my first Fish show however there really wasn't a lot seen because it was a free show in the on the campus of the University of Florida and so like people were parking kind of like over where the basketball arena is but you had to like walk a few blocks so there just wasn't and it's also a free show so it was just a field so like everyone that was in the lot was at the show and like people that had been to more shows at that point were like this is pretty cool man like everybody gets in like sweet or whatever but I don't really remember particularly any beer the first big parking lot that I remember really um, is probably in 95 and that is also the Dome. but I went to another show in Orlando I snuck to uh, I drove my parents car without telling them where I was going and I thought for sure that they would kill me but uh, I so I went to eleven November fourteenth nineteen ninety five in Orlando, and that was like a. Par- and so I was walking around that lot just because I had time to kill, and I it's in the middle of nowhere. Like it's not like downtown Orlando or whatever. Like even if that's a thing, it kind of is, but
0: it is a thing. Um,
1: but uh, it sucks. Uh, but this is like the University of uh, Central Florida, UCF, is where where this show was. So I was walking Sick. around, and it's like you're seeing people. With beers and stuff, I just didn't care about beers till. But one thing I'll notice is that <laughs> there's a lot of beer on the lot, and there's a lot of there was a lot of peddling, right? Like so, like you know, you get a yeah. So let's cheese. let's
0: let's pump the brakes a little bit.
1: Sorry for for.
0: I mean, I don't want to say people who are listening to this podcast obviously like fish and have been to fish shows. So I want to like go too rudimentary, yeah, right. yeah, but sorry. like there is a whole like culture. Uh, of, like, the pre-show before the show. Yes. And it's something that if you don't go to fish shows, you don't really understand. So there's a unique to fish, I think, right? It's, like, before the show... There is always a lot or always something or always like a place where like vendors are set up and food purveyors are set up and there's a whole like village, if you it's will. A right, scene exactly. There. Of people like selling shit and people yes. drinking shit and eating shit and hanging out and having a good time and just oh, I haven't seen you because you live in Florida and I live here and we have you know, we're reconnecting. Yeah, there's a it's community. a whole vibe yeah. about the connection before you go into the the main event. So that's the whole yes. pre-thing. So part of that, right. a large part of that is beer.
1: Yes. Okay, <laughs> right. All right. So sorry to go that No, 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 no. I'm just saying whatever, like, yeah, you yeah. know. So a big part of it is beer. So anyway, I didn't really drink beer till later, but you're cognizant of what's going on. Right. And so for me, I thought it was interesting because you really wouldn't see like Bud Light or whatever. <laughs> like it's like people had coolers of beer for sale. Sure. But a lot of Newcastle, a lot of Sam Smith. Nut Brown. Sam Smith Nut Brown. Sammy Smith. The Oatmeal Stout especially. Do
0: you know why? I've asked you this, but do you know why? Why is it the Sam Smiths?
1: I can't figure it out, but I'll tell you this. in an oddity. In 1995, in 1996, uh, there wasn't a real microbrew boom in the U.S. So good beer was often imported beer with the exception of like your Sierra Nevada, pale ale, you know? Like, living in Gainesville, Florida around this time, like, if I went to a bar that had, like, seven taps and one of them wasn't, like, Coors or Bud Light and it was, like, Sierra Nevada or Anchor Steam, it would be like, holy shit, check out this awesome bar. They have eight taps and they're all, right, like, right, micro right. brews right. or whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah, so it's yeah, just yeah. a different yeah. time in beer. And f- I think fish heads, and I think this is culture that started in the dead lot. Right. in a lot of ways. Okay. Um, like, the Fish parking lot scene, like, I think Fisher iconoclasts and trailblazers musically, but they took a lot of things from the Grateful Dead. The format and the culture and, like, the community kind of a thing is is definitely influenced by the, you know, the Grateful Dead experience. And one of those things is Shakedown Street and the lot and the vending in the lot. And so the beers on the lot, like, in 1994, 95, 96, like... There wasn't even that much to choose from at whatever local store you would go to. So I, I think people just favored like those darker beers. The cheap beer that I would see the most was J.W. Dundee's Honey Brands, <laughs> if you remember that. That's really also funny, the first funny. beer I ever managed to stomach down. Um, also of note, I had my first legal beer on my 21st birthday at a bar in Columbus, Ohio, between fish shows. I was driving from... Um, normal Illinois to uh, <laughs> Long Island because the next show was uh, Uniondale, Nassau Coliseum. Very nice. Uh, and so that's when I had my first legal beer. And that's around the time when I started buying beers more in earnest on the fish lot. And it was always big, heavy beers. And you're and in the summer, you're walking around drinking a freaking nut brown ale, eating a ganja goo ball. It's like a wonder <laughs> these people made it into the show. Like... <laughs>
0: So, so, Okay, me. see, that's funny. So there was always that kind of vibe. Because I feel like that's the way it is now. When I go to, like, Shakedown and people are like, oh, I have this Alchemist Teddy Topper or, or this Lost in oh Sip of yeah. Sunshine. And they're both, like, 7%, 8% double IPA uh, opaque gut bombs. And people are just... Eating them up, and that's fine. I just I'm yeah, no I don't understand I, I'm why anyone there. wants to do that before I'm not a there. fish show. If like you're right. about to that's do a right. marathon that's sort right. of
1: exercise of dancing, and you want to drink two <laughs> heady toppers and eat a ganja goo ball and not have a proper meal. Cool. See,
0: see, so my whole theory is the basis for this podcast. My whole theory is there is a ton of overlap between people in the beer industry mm-hmm. and people who like fish. Yeah, yeah. So like those people in the beer industry who have access to all this beer are just like, oh, I'm gonna you know grab a couple cases, shove them in my car. Go head down to Shakedown Street, sell a bunch of them in a cooler with ice, and then, you know, make my fucking bean and then go into the show and, like, have money for drugs and beer there and, like, all kinds of shit. Like, the $15 buy inside. Right, 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 right. So there's a lot of overlap (laughs) there. And it's also, like, I mean, just the way fish is as well, a very, like, evolutionary like thing you know it's like the beers that people want and demand are cool and are like beer geek cool have become the ones that people covet on a lot because it's just what's part of the larger trend also
1: i think this is a worthy thought that i had which is like if i'm my age now and i'm going to fish in 1994 and that's what introduced me to good beer right well all of those people that were my age in 1994 or a lot of those people some of those people started homebrewing and some of those people started making beer. And like, there are a lot of breweries that are like big time into fish, you know, f- the fiddleheads heads and all, all of this stuff. And so it's like, that's an amazing way that the beer culture of fish has evolved. Like, fucking Sierra Nevada makes foam you know you had Vlad the Impaler from Six Point and like that's you right. have Ju- that's right. the Treehouse makes a Julius beer that's like you right have all of these the, so p- all the, the partnerships the that, that were drinking up. those yeah. stupid fucking yep. nut brown ales yep. in the hot sun are now own breweries and are drinking their stupid New England IPAs or whatever that's so right it's like, it's like Boom. It like but they're
0: just like we're huge fish fans, so yes. we're gonna name yeah. our beers after
1: fish. I mean, fuck. Like I do I am a founder of a brewery that's called Simple. However, that name <laughs> doesn't have anything to do with It's with coincidence. Fish. It's coincidence. It, it, it's, but maybe it's serendipity uh too right. or something. And that's also right. we make a beer called Ghost that the kid helped me uh design. Yeah, <laughs> see it's like, none of it had anything to do with fish, but it sorta does. Like that's the
0: point. It's <laughs> inescapable. They're all right. overlapped. <laughs> It's fucking bonkers. But, I mean, there is validity to what you're saying because uh Ball... Uh, they did a whole beer partnership with a bunch of uh, breweries from Vermont yeah. and they were offering exclusives uh, from those breweries during the festival. They had a whole beer pairing sit down menu with a restaurant from Vermont like they have you know their Ben and Jerry's flavor they they have this uh cultural influence and I think that people that are privy to it and want to be a part of it and like throw a nod to it because they love it, yeah. it it's it's all kind of intertwined like you're saying so. I, I think that is fucking cool as shit that you can go get a Sierra Nevada foam when you're at Madison Square Garden because Sierra Nevada loves fish and they make a pilsner called Foam just for as them playing at Madison Square Garden. I mean, that's fantastic. As
1: a, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, <laughs> speaking specifically of foam, um, so Sierra Nevada, uh, like, is such a seminal like thing in beer. And like you could say like oh they're just one of those bigger brute blah, blah 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 whatever, I think almost everything they make is really good. And what they are really good at is um the dry finish like that look like the foam and like their Keller beer that Nooner or whatever you call it like it's just so crisp and so fucking dry. And also Sierra Nevada Pale Ale is just such a seminal American. It's like just like. I get how people are tired of it, or it could seem boring now, but, like, it was not boring in 1992. Like, it was like, wow, this is, like, this is an amazing thing. And so foam, I just, like, they're after my own heart, uh, the people at Sierra Nevada. Like, it's just a really great, dry, nice. And it's like, I know they cost 15 bucks at MSG, but I like drinking a foam watching fish at MSG.
2: yeah it it 100% adds to the
1: experience (laughs) yeah Yeah,
0: I, I absolutely agree and it's cool and for me those are like the little moments that I love to like recognize about again how like fish has their like little feelers kind of in a lot of the stuff that like you know is important to me in my life and just like having those little extra cool like nods and like, oh, this is like, you know, very cool and tongue in cheek reference to it. It's just it's all it all makes the experience much richer.
1: The fish community is more than just sort of the fish community. It's Correct. a series of people that are our age, younger, a little bit older, but business owners and other people that fish have influence. And so that shows up in their work and it's just it's just everywhere. And if you're aware of it, you see it all over the place. If you're not, you're like, what the fuck is this thing? And that's what makes it so great. Like, I'm a part of, like, the coolest inside joke or something, I guess. Um, And I don't know. That's awesome.
0: Coolest. What's the coolest thing you ever have seen or purchased on Shakedown Street?
1: (laughs) My now wife, Emily, um, saw a guy blowing glass at... Baderfield field in Atlantic city. And, uh, she was like, what are you doing? He's like, it won't be ready for half an hour. And she's <laughs> like, I'm going to come back and I want that piece you're blowing right now. And he's like, okay, I'll put it aside for you. And we were trying to get back, but like the security was like, everybody has to go. And it was like weird. They were kicking us out. And so like somehow we stealthily got through and he was like, I wondered if you were going to make it back. Here's your piece, but you got to keep it in this cloth. Cause it's still hot, but it's settled enough that I can give it to you. And so she bought this little piece. <coughs> and then at Halloween 2013, uh, the kid dropped it and broke <laughs> it. <laughs> but not totally broke it. So it's still intact. But that, I think, is the coolest thing I've ever bought on Fish Lot. Besides, uh, like, maybe that first grilled cheese I ever bought, like in Tallahassee, 96, or some bullshit, like, where it's like, wow, this is so cool. Yeah. But I, I've actually also done, uh, like, I've sold beer on Lot. Nice. Like, uh, like, Fall '99, my thing was like, like I went to Albany shows and some Long Island shows and some Chicago shows, but like, find the local brewery. So like, I bought like a case of mixed Saranacs. <laughs> and in 1999, you know, Saranac—that's a kind of a—that's a funny. They were local. They still that's, are that's around for uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. Um, There's—they e- even made their way into a Mo lyric. There's a happy how. really our hero where it's like a saranac will do just fine but they're from buffalo so that makes a lot of sense there you go i think saranac is from the adirondacks but like a mixed pack of saranac it's like cool they got an ipa a pale ale this is so great and like (laughs) these terms seem new back then you know
0: and i still think that's cool because no other craft brewery has done that since a mixed six pack that was something i always thought was really cool that they did as you say there was a mix. Of, I mean, I can't imagine the amount of fucking time and labor that there were was two pale ales. Yeah, <laughs> because that was their flagship. Yeah. They had a cream ale, right? They did. Which was great.
1: And They had something named after a tree or something <laughs> that was like their darker beer.
0: And they also did a root beer. They were brewery that also that did a root, root beer. beer. Good. That I agree. Good. I agree. That stuck in my mind for a very long time.
1: <laughs> I, I didn't imagine we were going to be talking about Saranac. Hey. But yeah, yeah. Um, Relevant. It was relevant at the time. If you had like, so in, you know, when I was younger and I go to shows by myself, but like you could buy a loaf of bread and like a bunch of American cheese and really just flip grilled cheeses two for five and make like 20 bucks. That's enough for gas. Yeah. And then if you have a cooler full of soda or beer, and the thing is, is beer before the show. But like if you got water and soda and you can bolt out of the thing uh, fast enough, like be willing to skip the encore. Um, you can be right in front, have your little cooler on a skateboard. And
0: as everyone is walking out. Everyone's yeah, walking out, yeah, like, dude, I'll take a water, water for yep. a dollar 100%. or a soda for two bucks or yeah. soda for a dollar yep. or whatever
1: the fuck. Yep. So everything was just a dollar, I think, back then. But like, I would make like 40 bucks in a day without really doing any work except for going to a grocery store, which you're going to do anyway. Sure. Uh, you know, or a gas station. Sure. Um, that doesn't really have anything to do with beer, but like, that is sort of the lot culture. And it's like beer before the show, but like water and soda afterwards. Yeah. Because it's like, dude, nothing tastes better than a ice cold <laughs> soda. Like an ice cold Dr. Pepper when you're just coming out of a great show and you're still fucking flipped because you sure. did some shit or whatever. Like, you know, i don't Heck know, you're yeah, still tripping or something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's like, this I is agree. the best soda ever.
0: <laughs> road soda. A literal yeah. road soda. Awesome. God,
1: I haven't had a soda in two months. Soda free. Good for, for you, two
0: man. Months. I'm into soda. I'm into beer. I do think I part of uh my show experience, to be honest with you, is the anticipation the anticipation of what the lot is going to be and what the vibe of the lot is going to be. And for me it is really cool to see kind of like what people I don't want to say are like peddling, but what people are into and trying to sell and trying to get you to buy All and the it's, it's a really <laughs> yeah it's a really cool just it's again it's it, like keep it keeps you aware of like what's kind of happening like it's out literally there literally a bizarre thing. exactly <laughs> exactly it's and fucking bizarre. so uh, this could be a, a whole separate
1: <laughs> conversation or maybe in a show but like so in that regard what have your favorite venues been like you're a newer fish head Yes. You haven't been to that, I mean, you know, you've been to the Northeast, I guess you've been to Miami for a New Year's run.
0: So to be honest, that was the best lot experience I've ever the Miami had. One? Yeah, because, so here's, because of just purely the way it was set up, right? <laughs> so American Airlines Arena was in a spot. Then, yeah. then to get to the after party shows, which were clubs just literally two blocks down you had to walk through shakedown yeah. so it was like show was over everyone was leaving they forced everybody to leave but then you can go walk the entire maze of shakedown hang out get your food get your beers get your whatever and then end up at the club that had the after party to go see the bands like and like really cool stuff it was cool
1: from the uh american airlines Arena. that arena is in a weird part of town Miami. It's a no man's land. Yeah, and so, but like, <laughs> I, what I remember because I was there with my wife now in '09. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's the only time I've seen fish there or been there. Uh, yeah. Not Miami, but that arena. Yes. Across the street, there was like these parking lots where you could circle in and through. But then, like over there was like this weird fucking mall thing that had like a couple levels with like a food court, but that thing would be shut down by the time the fish show was over. And so there's this like weird no man's land before you get to like whatever. And then like, you got to take a bridge over to like South beach. A long bridge. Yeah. yeah. Over to South (laughs) beach. Yeah. I know. So it's like, I don't know. Um, I walked it
0: on New Year's Eve because there was no other options. I oh, walked wow. like how long, five miles to like my it, that's fucking. Like a four hour. It was walk. a very long walk. My Man. my alternatives were unavailable. It was a super expensive cab that nobody could get. It was a bus that was to three hour wait, or it was a walk.
1: So <laughs> I chose the walk. It's funny. The bu- I, I would have chose the walk too, even though the bus probably would have put you there right around the. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you know it is what it is. It was fun, and then I think. Uh, is it I, Camden? I actually really liked a lot of Camden. It's not like huge, and it's not like overly no, it's anything. Because it can expand into yeah, that. Yeah, but it's it's a, it's a good there. it's a good lot scene, I'll say. And then uh, cool. I want to say Saratoga is pretty good too because they have it off like next Everybody to. Loves spec. Yeah, so it's because it's not even near where the entrance is. You got to go right. like across a highway or across oh, a walking man. bridge. But it's huge. It's massive, and it's like in the middle of the woods. So it's like really cool, and just like people are selling jewelry and feathers and fucking rocks and it seems sunglasses like it seems and whatever. To like
1: the f- the f- the fair around the SPAC shows like the scene around it is better than the shows always are
0: yeah it's true but that venue is uh so unique it's 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 nothing I've ever experienced before i well, have been there once it's and like it
1: wasn't it wasn't for fish ah
0: it's so beautiful it, it literally it makes a, you feel like you're yeah. just like sitting in the middle of a forest and you're yeah, like yeah, yeah. seeing music it's a very very tranquil like wand, yeah like yeah and yeah, and yeah. And that's, right. Oh. that's right that's right Yep, that's right. It's gorgeous around there. Yes, it's fun. It's a good time, man. But then there's nothing up there. I went to an olive garden that I had to order like via my phone (laughs) in the middle of a strip mall. Yeah, like that's that's what was up. Yeah, that's what's up there. So there's really nothing. And there's like the one strip in like Saratoga. Uh. But it's like there's nothing again to really do there. There's sports bars. There's kind of restaurants, but they charge you a million dollars for some spaghetti. You know, that's how how it is up there. It is what it is.
1: I don't, I just, <laughs> I'm trying to think of like the best lot scene. Well, I think the best lot scene is Hampton. Yeah. Okay. Because Hampton is um just like this sort of I don't know like Unicorn, like I don't know, like w- J.R. Tolkien, when they like if you go into where the elves are in the woods, like you're in a place where other people couldn't see, like, yes, once you're in there, it's like, oh my god, where are we? <laughs> it's like you're just in this isolated little thing, and there's like a nice body of water on one side, and then on the other side of the arena, there's like little strips of these little trees <laughs> that are nice, like between everything. It's always in the fall, or for me anyway, like I went to Hampton. 97, 98, 99. 99 was in December. It was cold as shit. But the other times it was like November. Um, and it was like cold, but like not that bad. Like as, yeah. a, ki- as a kid from Florida or yeah. whatever. It was like fall weather, but like you had a, like a jacket or whatever. I don't know. It was just so fucking gorgeous and like just everybody's cool and there's just no rules. Like there's just nobody doing anything. Even to when you, like the first time I walked into Hampton, I was like, God, they're there are seats, but, like, every, they're just letting anyone go anywhere they want to. So it's like, let's just go wherever we want. And then it's just, like, people, like, putting their backpacks down on the ground and taking out, like, literally, like, bongs and, like, giant, like, bubblers that are, like, you know, like, 13 inches long with, like, the big bottom bubbler that looks like the fucking ball sack <laughs> of a fucking steer or That's something. That's right, yeah, you know, yeah. it. yeah, bubs, yeah. Like, those big-ass, and it's like, <laughs> oh, my God. And they're just, like, passing them around and, like, whatever fish didn't like the second night they didn't start to like nine 15. <laughs> like the ticket time is seven 30. And it's just like, that was just the free for all. And it starts with the lot. Like the lot is like foreplay. Like if, if like, if you have a great, cool right, time right, lot, right. You're right. feeling good. When you go gets you amped. Shows, it gets you yeah. amped
0: to go in. That's right. That's right.
1: That's and right. Beer is a big part of that. That's right. And so if I have to drink three Newcastles I got to <laughs> drink three Newcastles and eat two ganja goo balls. Like, yeah, you know, I got to do what I got to do or the terrorists of fucking one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the other thing is the mixing of fucking shit without hydrating properly. I don't know why more people just didn't puke or pass out before fish shows. Like, Me neither. Like, how can you drink two 20 ounce like stouts and eat a goo ball and <sighs> then go into fish and smoke pot constantly? Like, I just don't understand how that works.
0: Truthfully, I don't either. (laughs) I've had to, like, have a very, like... Fish, if nothing, has taught me like how I have to like curate the things that I do and Before do the them show, in, a order, in a very specific order and yeah, 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 a very specific pace at a very specific time. So you have your when elixir? When you're like a young kid, you just say yes you to everything. You you want. That's it, right. So so that's 100% changed. And <laughs> it's more just like made me attuned to like the trip and the, the ride that I want to have and what I have to do to have that happen. And you have yeah. to be very aware and you have to be very <laughs> conscious and you have to do what you need to do. To make that happen, because like you're saying, there's everything everywhere. So you need to know like what is Infinite right for options. you yeah, yeah. and what you need to do, what you can like do. Just because you could do everything. That's right. So again, it's like you know, there was like a. There was a time when I was in the lot and I was like, "Holy shit, they have fucking molasses. That's cool." And I would like buy that because, like, I couldn't get that anywhere. But then, like, it gets to a point where, like, I just want something like a fucking like hell or high watermelon, which is like a four percent like watermelon yeah, wheat exactly. beer. Because I'm so hot, 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 I'm sweating. Yeah, it, it's it's all about like the vibe and kind of what you want. You can always get everything. So it's just about like kind of getting what you want and when you want to take you where you want to go. And to be honest. I like to line up my fish shows with cool breweries to see in that town and oh, in yeah, those yeah. places and in that time. So all of like my coolest experiences have been like also visiting breweries. Prior to or after a show, yes. and kind of experiencing that part of it. And for me, I say Camden, I think a lot because going to Tired Hands is always a thing that I do. We and like there. that, right, that's like a huge part of it for me. Like a couple years prior to when I think awesome you too. and I went. Yeah, yeah um when just me and the kid went uh our the rep our friend bobby hooked us up with like a box full of beer so we took 16 ounce cans cold chilled 16 ounce cans to, to shake lots. down cheap yeah, yeah. street with us yeah and we're walking around kind of just being like this is fucking the philly you know like game yeah, experience yeah, yeah. like yes. So again, it was very much like this is where I am at this place in time, and this is like the definitive moment of me experiencing this. I'm drinking the uh, coolest, best beer yeah. from PA a, from at the this lot. Yeah, yeah, area. Like, yeah. This is the local beer. Yeah, that's yeah, right. No, that's right. It's that's great. Right. And on that's a right.
1: side note, actually, that's one of the reasons that I always love. People are like, "Why do you always go see fish? Like, you're driving around and seeing <laughs> stupid band. It's Like, well, but yeah, but then I get to go to breweries in national right. parks. That's and right. Like, I'm I'm experiencing everything else like I've been to 48 states the lower 48 as they call them because of fish and well playing in bands and stuff too but like I mean seriously like there's more to it than that uh the question I was gonna (coughs) dial back to before that got in my head was uh what is if you feel comfortable sharing like what is your elixir at fish shows is it the same for every show because it is for me and I could tell you exactly what I do even though it's some of it's illegal and stuff. I don't know if you want to get into that, but I'm just curious.
0: Uh, I mean, it's, it, yeah, I mean, pretty much it's like gotten to, uh, be, I, I like to drink very few or limited amounts of beer because I don't like to have to go to the bathroom all the time. So that's like my yeah. general, as I'm getting older thing is I actually dial back on beer. I always make sure I have water, Uh, because the hardest drug I ever do is Molly. Um, but also when you're smoking and your mouth gets super fucking dry, all you really want is like to have one or two like things of water. Right. Yeah. And it's just like, kind of like roll with like how I'm feeling, but it's just basically try to be as like, uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of this, nothing like too much, too fast. You can't burn out too much too fast and it's just funny i say this because i'm literally laughing because every single show that me and the kid have been to i don't know if more like a homing beacon or something but people around literally the people in a two foot you know square foot around us someone always ends up puking before the show even starts (laughs) and we make we make a joke about how like that person's just done way too much weed. And it's yeah, like yeah. easy to do. And I Maybe get that. I that's what I'm saying. Best. You, you got to yeah. like figure out what's best for you. Kind of ease into it. I mean, honestly, like.
1: Does the kid say, I mean. It's, I, a, it's
0: a, you're there for three hours and I then know. prior. So it's, you know. know, I mean, six hours. You got like to like keep your teach, shit in order.
1: I try to teach <laughs> the kid well. I feel like I was his fish show mentor. Yeah, you got to keep, that's you got to keep a, pace. And, and it, he was just like, yeah, you're right, dude.
0: Yeah. It's a total marathon. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Not a sprint. That's right. That's right. Uh,
1: and yeah. Uh, and it's
0: tough because at a fish show, like I always say to everyone who's not into fish or isn't that familiar, when you go to a fish show, everyone there just wants everyone to be having the best time they can have. Yeah. And that means, like, hey, you want to smoke some of this weed? Like, hey, you want some, hey, some of this fucking Molly? I got some <laughs> cookie. Yeah, I got Hey. And it's just, like, everyone's always offering you everything. So you, you have to know, for you personally, like, what you can do and what you don't want to do. Because the sky is the limit. And everything's on the table. So you got to, like, carry as, your experience. It, well, this is pre,
1: pre-COVID because now I don't even know how this would work. But, like, I shall share all the herbs with anyone in all around <laughs> me, but like the other drugs, I'm going to do such very little of it. Like, and it's like so crazy whenever I hear like a story in the news of like, well, so-and-so at an electronic music festival overdosed on Molly. She had eight grams in her system. And That's it's like, fucking bonkers. Jesus Christ, I know. It's like Jesus Christ. Like. I bought a gram on New Year's <laughs> of 2019, and then I used the other half of it on New Year's 2020, <laughs> like, you know, like a gram Correct. of mommy will ask me and my Correct. seven friends, right. like a whole four-day run, right. and then I'll have this leftover, I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this leftover shit? Right. Like, That's right. like, uh, It's like uh, just a tiny little bit with a nice light beer, which kind of takes up the water portion that you're talking about, maybe yep. some water, and then just weed. Smoke the weed, and also, like, You don't need that much because your favorite band is playing songs. You don't know what they're going to do.
0: You're on a natural high. And everything else is just meant to like supplement
1: that. Also, especially MSG, the way the stadium moves and shakes like as like, I mean, it's amazing.
0: Yeah. The band is amazing. Also,
1: ironically, we're now talking about MSG, which is like (laughs) has no lot. (laughs) So no chance to get a beer in a lot like.
0: That's true. MSG has zero pregame at all. That's correct. I never, I, and then you know, it's funny you say that, but I don't give a fuck because I'm from here, so like right. I don't so need the, the pre- pregame. That's yet. right. I'd go to a bar like at two miles down.
1: Think of me as uh, like a late teenager. I, I I never went to an MSG show until 3.0. Right. Um. I tried. I actually lived in New York when 2.0 started, and I bought fake tickets that looked really real oh to their comeback MSG New Year's show. You know, the O2 going into O3. Yes. I paid 150 bucks to <laughs> pop for them. So 300 bucks. <laughs> my girlfriend and I at the time, she met me. I was like, I got tickets. We got all the way through everything. And when they went to scan it, it was like, your ticket's not working, buddy. Oof. And they kicked us out. And I was really fucking pissed off. But they looked so real. Um, but that was supposed to be my first MSG experience. So that it didn't happen till 3.0, man. Uh, but also, like, if you're not from New York and don't have a network of people here, you can't just drive your car to New York and, like, park in some parking lot. Because even that costs money here. That's yeah. right. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, sure. Everywhere else, you can stop at a rest stop. Yeah. Or, like, I knew how to work rural suburban America where most of these amphitheaters and places that Fish play are. New York City is a totally different beast. So it was just like... sure fuck i i don't even want to fuck with this like
0: and i guess that's why i love the show so much just because i'm from here so i know what to do yeah before but well, if i wasn't from here yeah. i would yeah, be yeah. like someone's gonna tell me where the fuck fish fans go yeah, what and i should like, do what is
1: actually good pizza right 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 like, not like, like the fucking pencey like, which is, is like Brooklyn? in
0: Brooklyn. madison square garden yeah. with fucking shitty fucking beer yeah yeah you know there's no pregame, but there also is kind of a pregame for MSG. You got to You got to there be in the There's fish know. bars. Yeah, local, yeah, there's fish bars.
1: Yeah, there are. <laughs> uh, and they're overpriced and they kind of suck. Like, but
0: yeah. Look. I wouldn't trade MSG going MSG has here. turned into
1: my favorite venue right. in the I whole entire say, world. I wouldn't trade going so, here for the Like, road. I'm not trying to shit on it. Um, I like. The best experiences I ever had were probably at Hampton, but there's nothing around that place. Like, there's just a bunch of hotels and shitty restaurants that, like, conglomerate around this thing for events. But it's general admission. There's no 200 section, and that place also gets rocking. But, like, and you could also, like, just, if you just drove in a car, you can safely, like, park in some hotel parking lot and crash in your car. Like I never felt like I could do that in the late '90s in New York City. Fuck no, you can't do that. And I did
0: that now. You can't do that ever in fucking
1: New York right. City. Right, and it's like if you don't know anybody that are are in and of the city, you you won't stand a chance here, like trying to figure it out on a whim. So I never went to MSG.
0: True, truth. I think the lesson of the story is a seek out breweries. <laughs> near where you see yes. fish playing in the city you see them playing and
1: also parks state and national
0: sure and also try to find like fans from that area that'll tell you where you need to go and, and sherpa you, you back, in a, and yeah, yeah like have that part of the group yeah yeah Community. and then everything is okay i think you're right blue skies <laughs> okay digression well. I know this segment was maybe a little bit about beer, mostly about fish, but that's totally cool. Uh, thank you, Jay Thrupio, for co-hosting Thanks, thank this you. episode with I us. I like this. So, yeah. Same. Let's we'll do it again for sure. Next week, uh, we're going to go out on a song from lonely trip. I know we only talked about this briefly, but uh, this album is fantastic. And I do think it's worth a listen or two. Uh, we're going to do and flew away. Thank you for listening. This is uh, the Liza.
1: J3PO,
0: uh, and we will catch you next time for God Jubilee. Thank you for listening.